everyone. Welcome to Charmed Life. You have something to say? I'm here with my co-host, Kankan, the handsomest kitty in the world, who really wants me to stop doing this, and he wants me to go sit down and snuggle him. You want to say something else? You want to sit in my lap? Okay. Welcome to the Charmed Life Podcast. I am your host, Trisha Carr. I'm really excited about this episode. I am having a conversation with the beautiful, golden-hearted Amanda Ray. Amanda is an intuitive channel, a medium, a spiritual teacher, an essential oils educator, and an energy healing practitioner. Amanda and I work together in the Channeling Intensive, which is a program that Crystal Ann Compton and I are currently doing. It's the registration is not open now, but if you're interested in something like that, keep your eye out on this podcast and also on my newsletter. I'll post a link in the description how you can join the newsletter. It's the best way to stay in touch, I think. We do have coming up, though, the Intuitive Intensive, which is a 12-week immersive program to blast open your intuitive psychic abilities. But I digress. Amanda Ray is on this episode, and we talk about her spiritual journey, about coming out of the spiritual closet, and about psychic kids. Oh, I just love those stories. Check out this episode, and I will see you on the other side. Well, welcome on to the program, Amanda Ray. I'm so excited. We've been working together so much lately, and it's been such an honor and such a joy. And you're just such a, a light. And I'm really one of my main complaints, though, I have to say, is that we don't live in the same state because I know you are basically retiring from hairdressing, but you would definitely be cutting my hair. <laughs> you have the most beautiful hair, too. <laughs> so, starting from there, <laughs> I would love for you to just let everyone know about your journey. I, I mean, I, I was on your website and I read your beautiful journey. I love it. And, you know, just what's going on with your work right now, your golden heart work? Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I would probably be able to figure something out with your hair if you, <laughs> <laughs> you want to stop in town. Um, but uh, yeah, so I am. I just recently decided to leave the salon that I was at. Um, the opportunity just it unfolded and presented itself and I didn't see it coming and I thought, well, hey, why not? And so I took the leap of faith and I'm going to do this full time. So I'm, I'm excited. I, I didn't realize how excited I was until it all like really like the first day I woke up and I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to go to the salon. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I have been, uh, you, so you've been in a longer transition, you know, you've build, been building this career and everything. And I did the same thing. It was a segue from my old career to the new one. And the old career was creative and everything. So that was cool. And so it's been almost two years for me that I've been completely, you know, retired from the old career. But like just a couple of weeks ago, I woke up and I was like, whoa, I don't have a job. <laughs> I mean, I do have a job. But I don't have a job that someone else gave me, you know? Just just like last week or something. <laughs> last week. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I every once in a while have to stop and think, you know, as soon as I get up in the morning, I'm like, what day is it? How and many clients do I have? It doesn't matter. <laughs> but it, what day is it? So Yeah, that's really cool. It's been, it's been neat. The, um, I, I, where do I even start? So I didn't intentionally think that I was going to really make the switch and do spiritual work full time. I really mm -hmm. wanted to, it was mm -hmm. something that I just, I dreamt about and fantasized about, but when it really came down to it, I thought, I don't even know, you know, I don't know if that'll actually happen. Yeah. And, um, 
So just going along doing my thing and really what had put it into focus for me was the pandemic. And so mm. it was uncomfortable to be at work because of all of the rules and regulations. And, and it is just, you know, a different vibe out there with everybody. And so every day I went to work, I prayed that however I need to be that light for anybody and whoever and however that was that I would show up in whatever way that was needed, mm. as long as I was also taking care of myself. And that was a very delicate balance in those crazy times. And so, um, that's really what helped get me through the end time of it Mm -hmm. because it got pretty turbulent. And, um, I had to give myself that time to mourn it when it was done because it was such a transition and it was like slow, 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 fast, stop, done. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. So it, but it was really, it's been awesome being on this journey now. Right. And, you know, like there's always opportunities and in, in great, you know, and just in great times and times where there's a lot going on. It's almost like it was designed. It can feel like it was designed just for you to be able to make that shift over. I like that you mentioned mourning, because even if when you're doing a transition, something like a, in, you know, career or something, I think that that's important. And actually, two or more years before I transitioned, and I was still in my transition, but you know what I mean? I like hadn't left the old career behind. I loved that old career. There were things about it that I loved and I had built. And I had this astral dream. And while I was dreaming, it became astral, so like an astral projection, that I had to dispose of my own dead body. <laughs> it was like lying <laughs> It was like lying on a slab in a morgue and it was still warm and I was outside of it and I was like, like I was all creepy. And I was like just talking to my guides in the dream, like, why is this happening? And they said, you need to feel it this viscerally for your transition. Like you need to like really, it is this significant to you. Even though I love, love, love the thing I'm moving into and it's way more aligned for me. Transitions, up, it's nothing to sneeze at. And we're kind of in big transitional times anyway in the United States right now, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, mentioning dreams, um, I keep a dream journal and I have since the beginning of 2017. Mm. And so it's really cool now that I've come this far out to read back and, and uh, go over those dreams and see what's what's come to fruition from those. Mm-hmm. I had three dreams about the salon. And it started actually at the end of 2017 about the salon kind of falling apart or doing a, a, a big transition. And each dream got more and more clear. And the third one was in February of 2020. Mm. And I, I didn't see it coming, but I had kept telling my best friend who I worked with this at the time too, or um, <laughs> I kept telling her about my crazy dreams. And then when we both decided to split from the shop, she kept reminding me because I was panicking. I was like, is this really what I'm supposed to do? Is this really, you know, but even though looking back at the path, I mean, there was absolutely no doubt. I mean, I was clawing at it and it's still like, bye, you're done. (laughs) Keep going. And so it was neat because she would remind me your dream, Amanda, your dream. And so um, that was kind of confirmation that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm super stoked about that. And that makes me feel good too about the transition. Well, you know, I I notice that really all of the kind of service positions, 
there, there's a lot, I mean, we want to say light workers, but, you know, the service professions are just filled with people who are there to be the light. And I've worked with as like, you know, the teacher or coach or reader with many different hairdressers. And my sister's a hairdresser. And I actually, do you know that it, when I was in my early 20s for, I think it was like three years, I worked for Vidal Sassoon Academy, <laughs> worked in Ooh. the administrative offices. I don't, I'm not a hairdresser at all. But um, anyway, I, so the hair industry has always kind of been a part of my my world in some way but you know there you guys are usually very sensitive you're up there working on the crown chakra pulling it in with your hands my goodness you're just like you're just like pulling in the energy and sending hard energy through your hands oh yeah all of my hairdressers are very sensitive people and it's it's a you know again that service profession it's it's a forerunner it's it like makes a lot of sense right that you end up just going headlong into this Absolutely. I, you know, looking back over, over my career as a hairdresser and, and even to the childhood, I mean, I've always been that serve type of person who wants to serve and who wants to be hands-on and who wants to be in the creative, you know, I went to college for art education mm. and, um, and then changed, changed roles last minute, but, um, <laughs> mediumship has always been a part of me too. And it got pretty interesting in the last couple of years of doing hair in the salon, because I started realizing that that, that gift was coming back. Cause I had tried to shut it out. And so I'd be doing somebody's hair and we'd be in a great conversation. All of a sudden I could feel this energy move in. And I was like, Oh boy. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then I would say to my, in my mind, I would say, um, you, you can't be here right now. Cause if you really love this person, you won't, do this to me because I'm afraid I'm going to burn their hair off. <laughs> so yeah, it was interesting to see how they sort of overlapped until I was able to move out of that right. career. And so you mentioned, you know, as a child. So for you, there was there was an activation of of your psychic and mediumistic senses from the time that you were very young. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly when. I just mm -hmm. remember always talking about those things and um, having tea. I had tea with a little boy in my room all the time, and my mom would fill the coffee pot for or the little tea kettle for me. And okay, here you go. You know, so I'd go up in my room and have full blown conversations. Um, we'd he I'd hear noises. I'd talk about people. You know, and they were always like, "Okay, man, yeah, <laughs> sure," <laughs> but it was a lot of like a little boy I can actually validate because when I did um, some work with ancestral healing, my grandfather um, had come to me in a meditation and said that he actually sent his little brother um, to me to entertain me because I was an only child at that time. And my parents were split up mm -hmm. and that he sent me this little boy named Steven to keep me company and bring, you know, cheer me up. And uh, so I got out of the meditation and I wrote it all down. I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So I went on to Ancestry where I had been doing some work. And lo and behold, I didn't know this, but my grandfather had had a little brother who'd passed when he was six. His name was Steven. Wow. And so I took that to my mom and my mom said, oh, yeah, I think he did. But I never met that grandfather because he'd passed away before I was born. Mm -hmm. But it was um, it was very significant in my really solidifying my experiences in my own beliefs and giving me that validation that I needed just in my own mind. <laughs> right. And you know, that's so similar to some of my, you know, I had imaginary friends 
And all my sisters and my mom still remember them and remember their names because they were so a part of our family <laughs> and everything. And yes, I had a similar thing where an ancestor came to me in meditation over and over, giving me her names. It ended up being my great grandmother, who I had was not on the planet at the same time, didn't know her name, and you know, did the the search in ancestry.com and got that validation. It's kind of, and she was one of those those um, imaginary friends, and I called her little mama. <laughs> what she <laughs> called herself to me when I was little. One of my imaginary friends was little mama. <laughs> so, I love that story. <laughs> do, you, do you, yeah, probably some people have probably heard it before. Now, do you, it's interesting to me because like I would have been a person and before I kind of like opened up as an adult back to these abilities and awarenesses, I would have said I wasn't a psychic kid because that's just what I assumed. But then after I got into it, then I kind of, oh, my imaginary friends, oh, this. And then also through, like in my teenage years and early 20s and my my experience in the church, in the Christian church, I could see, oh, that was actually mediumship. Oh, that was psychic. And that was, you know what I mean? But I, I was at a point before where I really thought, no, I, I mean, I just don't have those sensitivities like other people have. Did did you have that? Or you kind of always have this through line of feeling like, oh, okay, I have this thing I'm trying to sh- shut off or sh- turn on. <laughs> it, really, it was it was a mix. It was it just depended. <laughs> I, I, I was literally like some days I thought there's really something to this. These people need to believe me. Like, why doesn't everybody like what they why did, like even at church, I would bring it up to a Sunday school teacher and go, well, OK, well if they were able to talk to people in the Bible that had passed or dream visitation dreams, like mm-hmm. if that was a thing, then why wouldn't it be okay for me? You know, and they would shut it down. And then I would feel very insecure and very self-conscious about what I would, you know, so I didn't share a whole lot in church. Cause I, we grew up, that was a very, very big part of my upbringing. Mm-hmm. And, um, I would say it, it really bounced around between knowing I know I'm different versus man, I got a really wild imagination, like they say. Mm-hmm. And um, I-, I was never really feared or fearful about it until I began to tell more people and like really talk about it more and more and more. And I would, I would see people's responses. And then I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> and then when it would happen, it would kind of weird me out a little. Um, and then I would just, I wanted it to stop because I just wanted to be normal, like my mm-hmm. brothers and sisters. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And now, though, if you tell people about it, how, what is your experience now? Is it the same as before when, I don't know, I just wonder if when we are not quite embodying it or aligned with it or okay with it ourselves, if we, you know, have more of those experiences of people responding to us in a kind of strong way or a negative way even, or is is that still the case? Or do you find it more like, or maybe it's just because we find our tribe too, right? I don't we find our community and we find the like-hearted people. What yeah, do you think? That does help having mm-hmm. your tribe. Like I can go have a conversation with somebody who doesn't believe and I can tell them I can, if they're not a hundred percent down with it, I can feel that empathically. Sure. Like, so, so, so sometimes it's hard because I'll leave the conversation going, hmm, did she think I was, did she think I was crazy? Or did I feel that like, Ooh, uh, on, you know, they're in their mm-hmm. energy kind of pull back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say it's probably 50, 50, but I don't really mind. <laughs> right. Well, 
And I was the person probably that someone, you know, in my times of my abstinence from my <laughs> spiritual abilities uh, during during that time where someone was telling me about their experience. And I was like, ooh, you know what I mean? Like, and so, but I think it planted a seed and eventually it was something that benefited me later. And so that's what I think when we feel a little bit, I don't know, sometimes it's not just being led to talk about it because I don't think we have to. I'm certainly not of the mind that we're evangelizing or proselytizing anyone, but if it's your career, you kind of, it's like, what do you do? Well, <laughs> you know, so there's almost sometimes no avoiding it when your whole life is centered around it. Mm -hmm. And, but I do, for me, I do find that really being more comfortable with it. And, and also I, I'm, I like all sides of it too. So I, you know, I have people in my life who are very um, cerebral so I love just talking to them about it, if I can, from a cerebral standpoint. And I just like exploring all the aspects of it. And so I think what, however we're having those conversations, I think that if we're being kind and compassionate to ourselves and to them, then they're turning out exactly the way they're supposed to. Absolutely. I, I, yeah. I had to have that conversation. Well, what do you do? Well, what are you going to do? Oh, I don't even know how many times when I let all my clients know, like, hey, <laughs> stepping back and I'm not going to find another place there. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Well, <laughs> some of them were like, oh, I'm not surprised one bit. And I yeah. really didn't realize how much I let that part of me be seen. Because mm -hmm. um, I thought I did a better job at keeping it under wraps and I didn't. You right. Know, some, some of those things that are natural part of you, you can't hide them. If, and especially if somebody's really paying attention mm -hmm. um, and participating in those conversations with you and listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my, my family, my sisters, when I told them all trepidatiously, they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Just like not a hitch. Sure. And then also like another sister's like, well, sure. I mean, like nanny or grandmother is psychic and it's like, it's a part of our family. And I was like, well, I, nobody ever talked about it. Dang it. <laughs> oh, don't even <laughs> so get me funny? started on that part. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you do ancestral healing. Uh, what's, what's that work like? Tell me about that. Well, it started when I was taking an Akashic Records course and um, the night before the course started, my grandfather came into that meditation and he was talking about how, you know, even when people who are here in our family lineage pass on, they're still showing up to support us in the spiritual world and how they can, you know, they can't really intervene completely, but they can kind of try to, you know, pull some strings and, and hint and guide us along. And um, as I started working through that, uh, what I didn't realize was happening was the very next day, my, biolog my biological father was going to come crashing back into my life. Mm -hmm. And so when that happened, I had to take a big look at like, well, why is this happening? And what is this trying to teach me? Otherwise, I would have freaked out. <laughs> and your biological um, father was... In, still here with us or he was passed you're saying yes he's still here with us okay i see um, i had not i'd been estranged for roughly 25 years mm -hmm. and i'm his only daughter his only family member and um he had had a stroke oh. and he he was an alcoholic so i didn't see him you know he chose to walk away my mom was always trying to support that relationship but anyway um it's through meditation um and energy work where mm -hmm. i really started to see the connection and know that, okay, so this is the reason why, because what I wanted to do is get angry mm -hmm. and put my hand up and be like, no, I don't need to take care of you. I don't need to be involved because you did this to me. Yeah. My soul wouldn't allow me to do that. Yeah, I wanted to, 
but my soul, I just kept, I, there was just this big piece of me that really just saw him as a soul and not as the person that who he was and what he did here, what he did to me or the choices he made for my mom and all of that. And so with working through that with meditation and energy work, um, it really, and even dream work, some dream work, it really helped me understand and kind of untie that knot of all those different energetic cords Mm -hmm. and really take this, um, higher perspective and look at the, the, um, the male archetype in my family has always left the children, whether it had been alcoholism, which was every other generation, super, super solid, or they just chose to have another life. And I use ancestry to back up what I was finding, you know, because I I don't know what these people did all those years ago. But um, once I found that um, it was, a, I had the most amazing meditation where my, my guides came in, my grandfather came in and I had Archangel Michael behind me. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really neat to see because he showed me the people, all the, the souls on this side, they were all kind of gray, very um, muted colors. No, very gray, no colors. And they were all the ancestors that um, we're getting healed by me making this connection and doing this work. Wow. And then in front, oh, I just got my chills. Me too. Um, in front of me. <laughs> on the same side. I got it on the same side as you. <laughs> that's my, yeah, that's always my validation. Oh, on the right it. side. Yes. yes, of course. We're talking about the father's line. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then in front of me were my grandparents and my two aunts from this, you know, from his immediate family. And they stepped forward and they were just like loving on me. And then they kept, they told me to keep going. Um, with what I was doing. And then I was, you know, strong. And then I was made to do this work. And then they showed me this half. And this half was really, really cool, because it was pastels. And that was the future generation of souls for our family. And I was just like, my lips like quivering, because it gets me all in my feels when I talk about it. Um, But then my, my father, you know, I do have to give myself some grace with that, because I do, you know, every once in a while feel like, I don't want to call you today. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't want to, and I have to allow myself that space because it's, sure. I'm still working through that. Um, but it was interesting because doing the energy work through that too, um, I, on myself, um, when I started repairing that and doing like, just, it was, I was guided through meditation, you know, where to put my hands and how to do it and my, on my own body and then in a vision of my own body, um, kind of working and clearing things that way. Um, for my kids, it was, it was, it made an honest believer out of me because the very next day, my one son was super ill and then, but he had no, he didn't feel bad. He was just releasing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then the next day, my other son, um, he just, he, he kept throwing up and he's like, but I don't feel sick. And he didn't look pale or anything. Um, and then when I had talked to my father on that Monday, he said he, he was very sick over the weekend. He had the same stuff that my kids did wow. and they don't see each other. They don't know each other. And I hadn't been to his house to transfer any germs or anything like that. And so it was kind of neat to see that, that, you know, that energy was really being purged from their spiritual bodies and their, their souls. Mm-hmm. Um, That's amazing. And so you, so you do this work with others too? 
You do ancestral mm-hmm. work with others? Is it, is it a specific service or is it like a part of everything? Do you do you actually just do it intuitively or do you also look at their records or something like that? Because I love, I love the depth that we can um, go into the ancestry as uh, both you and I connected with a grandparent or great-grandparent who we didn't even know. And I think sometimes there's a misconception. People are like, but I didn't even know that person. Or, you know what I mean? Like, or if sometimes, you know, when you're doing mediumship readings and it's like, there's a person here, they look like they're about 17 years old and they say they died of a car accident. And they go, well, yeah, this girl in my class when senior year died in a car accident, but we weren't that close. And it's like, yeah, but you still have these ties, you know? And so even friendships almost can sometimes can play in the ancestry, I think. But so with people as a service, how do you, can you describe like how you work with others in that way, in that kind of energy healing? Because it's really, it's energy healing. Well, it's energy healing, mediumship, intuitive. <laughs> it's the whole, pa- whole bag, isn't yeah. it? It's yeah. just one big ginormous service. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have, and I've been working on this, uh, on how to actually go about creating an option for, to offer to my clients, mm-hmm. um, because it looks different every time. Um, a lot of it comes through doing like the Reiki and etheric, the etheric touch and, and hands-on healing, you know, it's a little bit of a blend of all of it. And what I ended up like, for example, I had a session not too long ago where there was a lot of, um, Oh, ancestral trauma and women, and it was all around the hips. And I, you know, as I just took my hands over, I just kept, there was just like, it was almost like a bowling ball in her, in her solar plexus and area sacral. And then it was just really on her hips. And I, and I, that's when the the grandmother and the aunt stepped forward and um, it was from her father's side and, and really helped me relay that ancestral knowledge to her Mm -hmm. and for her to go, Oh yes, that was yes. And that was true. So you know, it would have been really cool to just be like, let me, let me just check ancestry real quick. <laughs> but I, yeah. I didn't have the ability to do that, but she thankfully knew enough to validate. I mean, so um, it was a lot of like about the women, like speaking out and things like that. And um, mm-hmm. so it was kind of caught up around her hips. And so we kind of freed that up a little bit and she's working on that. And it's really cool because um, I've heard back from her and I know her too. So she's been able to give me some validation and She's like, yeah, it was really neat to see. And um, speaking about that with her, the female relatives in her family, it was it was interesting because they definitely um, noticed some little things shifting in themselves too. So, mm-hmm. um, but as a service, I'm still not exactly how to package that because well, it maybe comes it's through so different. Yeah, maybe it's just a part of. I mean, it's a, just an emphasis that happens with your services because you are so mediumistic as well. So that makes a lot of sense, you know. I mean, mediumship has a lot of times mediumship dealing with past loved ones, a lot of times it is ancestral because, you know, sometimes people don't really have people close to them that they're kind of that who have passed that they want to, you know what I mean? Like and so it ends up being a even people who are like more dedicated to being a medium, they're they're talking to grandma and they're talking to great grandma because they don't have because their parents are still here and you know everyone else that they know is still kind of here. So I think it I think it's a perfectly natural just flow with it. I mean my services are like that. It's like whatever we have to do, we're gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Basically. It'll show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I love that. I love that um, emphasis. And you also because of your own childhood and because of your children, 
do you do you work with others? I don't know to give them counseling about how to raise those psychic kids, or do you work with psychic kids? And if you don't, you should work with psychic kids because <laughs> it's so needed. People need it so much, especially now with all of the children that are coming in turned on. Not they are just keyed in, turned on. All of the children are special children now. It seems you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, I'm. That is one of my my big dreams is to do. I would love to have my own, um, my own like center, my own space, mm -hmm. my own office, and that I could have like intuitive classes for kids mm -hmm. and for their moms, because like, there's no book on raising children, but there's really no book on raising psychic children. <laughs> and let me tell you, um, my kids are actually the driving force of why I actually decided to get brave and take the intuitive intensive and really start to give myself the chance to grow in that. And so kids have a way. And I would, I just want to, I just want to get in there before they get, you know, before they shut it down or they get these crazy beliefs and, and it mm -hmm. kind of just shifts their, their path. And I yeah. would love to work with, with psychic kids and really help them and their moms understand mm -hmm. so that everybody's comfortable and there's no fear. Um, and it's, I want them to realize how beautiful it is that, and how perfectly they were created. Yeah, I, I've actually had so I mean, in my history, several clients with psychic kids, and it's because of their kid that they kind of open to their own abilities. They did, they weren't really, and they're like, we're both having a spiritual awakening, me and my six-year-old daughter. <laughs> you know, and it's like, I don't, she's, and they're always like, you know, they are so much more tuned in. And so I can only imagine, because I'm not a mother, the kind of like, I don't know, pressure in a sense, or the, the, like this momentum that you have to be like, oh my gosh, I have to clean up my stuff when you realize that my, my kid has this going on. And, and so I think that is a, it's, like I said, really a great need. I even have, I've had clients say, can you talk to my kid? I'm like, I'm not even a mother. I'm not, I'm not qualified to talk to your kid. And they're like, yeah, but you're, you're just like her. <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm 46. <laughs> Doesn't yeah, matter. But she, I think she relates to you. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she relates to you. I'm like, okay. Um, so yeah, that is so needed. I just pictured, like you said, when you have your own center. Do you remember the scene in the Matrix of the kids that were at the Oracle's place and they were like bending spoons and they were levitating things? <laughs> That's what I pictured your center to be. All these kids. Why not? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Why not? I mean, why not? It sounds like fun. I would do it. I, I was actually, and it's interesting because you know synchronicity. I was just this morning. I was read, I'm reading the Convoluted Universe series by Dolores Canyon, mm -hmm. and um, I'm in just book, in book one, and I'm listening to I'm listening on audio, and there's this part where they were talking about in Atlantis and just saying like, well, everybody was just it was just a part of their education to develop their psychic skills, their psychic abilities. It's just just as much as you would learn to read or walk. It's just a part of it because you do need to develop it too. You know, as much as some people may have it kind of turned on and it's a talent. You still have to develop it, and so it's that's you. That's your. That's part of your calling, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I love, love it. That. I, I really want to do that. I, I know. I, I, I know everything happens in its perfect time, and so I don't ever really question. But sometimes I wish that I could have gotten this all figured out before when my kids were still little, because I just think it would be really fun to raise little magic little kids. <laughs> you can't have another one. <laughs> can't <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well and and anyway yes you you have you are raising magic kids anyway you know because the um and i i just you're going to get to experience that with the work that you do 
with others. And so do you have people who are coming to you with it? I mean, is that something that's already naturally becoming a part of your work is people who have the kids that are they're tuned in and they need some po- some support on it? Yeah, my main goal is to really work in the communities that in the community that I'm in and maybe the surrounding ones. Mm-hmm. Um, because I want to be able to with children, it's different. Like sitting on a computer, I don't know, maybe this day and age, they're like, whatever, I'd rather sit in front of the computer and not be in front of this lady. But <laughs> I would really like to do more of like a hands-on and like have them come in and, and sit with other kids and, you know, work with them like that. Um, but I do, when I first announced that, you know, hey, guess what? This is me and this is what I'm doing now. Um, I got a couple private messages from people that I've known for years and they're like, I've always thought about reaching out to you because I remember when we were kids, you did da, 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 and, um, and my son and my daughter now have this, this, and this. And so, you know, do you think you'd be able to talk to them? And so I'm like, yeah, but, um, then COVID hit and everything. So I haven't had that opportunity yet, but, um, we're actually in the works. I have a friend of mine who I'm actually going to start working with her daughter in the next couple months. Um, cool. really cool. Cool. So, I want to ask you about the um, Golden Heart. That's the name of your Golden Heart Healing is the name of your business, Amanda Ray Golden Heart Healing, right? Do I have it right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And what is the significance? What's around that? Is, it, is this another inspiration that came during meditation? And mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, I was meditating one day, and this was a long time ago. And Spirit's like, you're going to have your own business. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to mm-hmm. sit here and enjoy this meditation. And Um, and they said, it's, you're going to call it golden heart healing. Mm -hmm. And I wrote it down. Um, didn't really think too much of it because at that time I just, I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure that, you know, I I was still learning about me and trying to figure out how all my gears switched and turned and flipped on and off and everything. And so, um, I just kind of put that in my back pocket and waited. Mm -hmm. And then it just, I really started getting that nudge to start and a program, you know, an outreach basically to be able to help people feel comfortable about who they are in their skin. Cause that's really what connecting with my intuitive abilities did for me. And so golden heart healing, um, it's, it's broad. And sometimes I'm like, we just like hone it down and maybe define it a little bit more. But really when I look at what I do, what I do, I don't know where that accent came, what I do, when I look at what I do, um, you really can't put it in a couple classifications and really that's what it is. It is that healing and whether it's through mediumship reading and talking to people and really bringing them healing that way, or if it's doing like a, the soul spark reading, which is a, a just a, a, you know, an intuitive reading. And a lot of what happens is they're, it's literally like their higher self and their soul comes out and says, this is what I really am struggling with. Let's, let's clear that up. Mm-hmm. So we address those things and, you know, so it's, it's interesting because it's, it's all encompassing. And I, I'm just going to go with that name for until they tell me otherwise. (laughs) It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. It it, it has, it's such beautiful imagery and I really love it. And so, well, you took the intuitive intensive, which is um, for those of you, if you're new to the podcast, it's a, it's a 12 week immersive program that myself and Crystal and Compton, my best friend and I run, and we actually are about to open registration for the 2021 intuitive intensive, which will be, which will, the program will begin in January. So was 2018 when you took the intuitive intensive or was it, it was 17? 2019. 19. Okay. okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so leading up to the intuitive intensive, you had what was your journey like? You had started meditating and and talk about like 
if for people who are like, well, gosh, I don't know how to do meditation or that ancestral healing on myself, the way that Amanda is talking about it, how did you get, how did you start to get into meditation and, and figure out how to have that relationship in that way? Um, well, it started with needing my time to myself in the evenings. Um, mm -hmm. I started really realizing when I drive to work, I'm fine. <laughs> I drive home. I'm really heavy and I'm wearing everybody's, yeah. you know, I would, I would explain it as like fishing vests, you know, they'd come in and they'd take off their vest and I'd put it on and they'd feel better and they'd leave. And then the next person I'd put on their vest and they'd leave and all day long, like I just kept getting heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier. You're like and a so, foot shorter at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm short anyway. So that doesn't help. And so I would come home and I would sit in the bathtub for like an hour and I would drain the water and then refill it back up if I wasn't getting ready to get back out. Wow. And I started just listening to music, just calming whatever I wanted to at the beginning. Um, and then I'd, I'd heard about meditation and I'm like, my chatter mind and there's no way. And so I would do, I decided to try the, um, guide, the guided ones. Mm -hmm. And those really helped keep me focused. And I would mm -hmm. do very, very short, very short, start at like three to five minutes, sometimes just the breathing ones. Mm -hmm. And then, um, after that, I really didn't start to really expand it until I got into the intuitive intensive. And you guys talked a little bit more about how it's okay to, to have thoughts, you know, you don't have to be there and completely empty minded. And mm -hmm. I ended up scolding myself the whole time, <laughs> trying to get empty minded. So, um, but I, I still wasn't very, I don't want to say good at meditating, but I gave it my best shot. Mm -hmm. And I did feel a little bit better as I did that. Mm -hmm. um, so it did help because it helped me take quiet my mind. Um, I was in a different, uh, Facebook community and they would post pictures of loved ones. And I would always just look and things would pop in. And I, I never wrote things down. <laughs> I never commented, but then the one time I commented, um, I got almost every single thing, right. And I had been meditating for just, just a very short while. But what I noticed was some of the inspirational thoughts that come in through meditation or just like the, Hey, shh, it's okay. Stop mm -hmm. yelling at yourself kind mm -hmm. of voices was the very same tone that would come through in um, when I would, you know, write down if I was looking at somebody's picture and that mm -hmm. information came through yeah. and I like, that was where I was like, there's a connection there. What is this? And so I signed up for the course and found out what that was. <laughs> That's so awesome. So 2019, so that that led you up to the intuitive intensive. It was like you had just started to kind of dabble around with readings. You had been meditating for a while, intuitive intensive, career. <laughs> yeah. But you know what's so cool about that? It can happen really pretty quickly because once again, like you, there's, there's these different ways that um, Spirit has kind of explained it is, first of all, you've been doing it your whole life. You just have. And so even though you think you shut it down and you weren't and all that, then on the other hand, you've been doing other things that are professional, like, you know, in not necessarily the, the other skills that we're building. That becomes a part of this career, too. You know what I mean? Like you are hacking all of your skills, not to mention that as a hairdresser, you're a creative. You know what I mean? You're channeling the the uh, shape that you're actually putting in there in their haircut, you know what I mean? Even though you have skills and tools, so you get to use all of the parts of your life. So it can just kind of happen like boom, boom, boom. Once you yeah. say yes to it and lean in 
and and get consistent with it too. That's kind of consistency is way more important than I think anything else, right? Absolutely. When you're making shift, yeah, absolutely. And then mm-hmm. it was interesting too because through it was in the beginning of that course, um, really when I realized that sometimes people will come in and they would sit in my chair and I would just, you know, they would be like, I don't even know what to do. What, like, what do I do? And I would just words, yeah, <laughs> just words and words and loads of words. And then I would get done and I would be like, I don't even say, I don't even remember. And she'd be like, that was so good. <laughs> okay, great. Just I channeling. what I said. Just channeling, so, that's all. <laughs> yeah. So it was neat to, to be able to connect all of those things that I literally did all the time in my life mm-hmm. and then put up, I guess what to me, what validated it and made me feel more comfortable in my own skin was the fact that they all had names. You know, we, we like to label and name everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and once I knew that, oh, that's actually a thing. That's not like a, a weird thing that I do. That's like a thing. Um, <laughs> I felt okay with that all of a sudden. So, yeah, once again, finding your community that, oh gosh, that can really expedite. Well, it makes you feel normal. Yeah. If you know a hundred people that have similar, not exactly the same, but have similar experiences as you, then suddenly you, you can be more embodied. You can feel, you know, good in your skin, as you say. So uh, it makes a huge difference. Well, this has been so amazing and I'm so, you're just you're just such a light. That's what I have to say. We've been working together so closely lately and you are, you have so much integrity. You're so smart and you're so heart-centered. It's just like such a wonderful combination. And I'm just really, you're such a blessing in to me and I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you doing all the things that you do because you have taught me <laughs> <laughs> But it's okay to be this way. So <laughs> you can't put a you can't put a price tag on that. More you know, than okay, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you'll forever be part of my story. You know, Aww. when people ask, I was, oh well, I took this class by these two fantastic women, and then the rest is history. So. Oh, it's so wonderful. What an honor. What a blessing. And you you have a, a gift for the people who listen to the if you, they want to book with you. We want to check the description because you have a promo code for people to be able to get 10% off. If they put that yeah. promo code in when they check out. And I highly recommend if you do the soul spark or you do a mediumship reading or you do some energy healing, I really recommend that you go work with Amanda because she is incredibly talented, gifted, has a lot of knowledge, wisdom, and just heart, that golden heart of hers. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been sure. super fun. Oh, it's my pleasure. You'll have to come back again. Absolutely. Well, I had the most fun with Amanda. She is such a light. She's such an inspiration. And she is offering everyone who listens to this podcast 10% off a service with her. You can find it in the description. And it will be with the promo code CHARM1010, CHARM10. I also wanted to let you know that I have my Mystic Arts Academy. The next workshop is Telepathy and Empathy, the language for the intuitive age. Check out the link below to see how you can subscribe for two workshops every month. And we have at least one meditation that we meet live and I lead and and channel it live with everyone. And then you'll also get an an MP3 produced download of that meditation at least once per month on the meditation. Sometimes it's two 
three or four times per month every week, sometimes. But one is guaranteed. I guess that is it for this episode, you guys. I will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are. Thank you.